For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, there's a lot to get to. Um, Lori Lightfoot's very frustrated right now. Yeah. But, David, before we get there, there's a big news story over the weekend. Yeah, an illegal immigrant who'd been deported five times murdered five people on Friday night. This happened in Cleveland, Texas, just outside of Houston. Uh, Francisco Oropesa is the guy's name. He was shooting a rifle on his property. His neighbor said, hey, could you knock that off? We got a one-month-old in the house trying to sleep, and you're firing off this rifle. Well, he went into their house and executed five people, including an eight-year-old child. He's it's on so the run. brutal. Yeah. Jeez. Just awful. Did you see the uh, guy working with the FBI on camera say, this monster? Yeah. In my opinion. Just called him a monster. Yes. Well, now, if you were to poll people across America and ask them the question, hey, do you think it would be important to the story to know that this person was here illegally and had been deported five times and is on the loose i think people would say yeah i i would want to know that part of the story how wouldn't you know watching good morning america they failed to tell you that well, that's really? what i thought it was interesting when you opened the show by saying this has been all over the news so i'm like well, it really hasn't the actual murders have been all over the news yeah but as far as the person here illegally and been deported five times no. well let's just omit that yeah we're never gonna... ever I, I, didn't, I didn't see anything this morning i watched the morning shows i didn't see anything i know yeah not... we're not 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 gonna be all that worried about it and especially you know one of the things that drives me crazy about it is that is an important detail because people are already like beto o'rourke they're already using this as a justification for a gun grab like why are you allowing these weapons of war on the How'd this guy get it? The dude was an illegal immigrant, okay? He can't walk right. into a gun shop and just buy it, all right? That's not how this works. Jeez, man. Five times. Yeah. Deported five times. Good night, man. It's so frustrating. Think how bad it would be if the border was not secure. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'll just wait. It's May 1st. What's it going to be like a month from now? More on that a little bit later. This is rich, too. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago is saying what? Uh, yeah, the outgoing mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, sent a letter to the governor of Texas begging him to stop sending illegals to her town and even said, you know, I'm going to get Biden on the phone and say maybe FEMA won't reimburse you for the, for the disaster damages that have been caused by Bo Biden's border crisis. I don't think she has that kind of pull anyway, but, man, what no. a shameless thing to, to say. Uh, she was on CNN this morning to expand on this and was asked if she'd heard back from Governor Greg Abbott just yet. 
No, we had not heard anything back. And frankly, I didn't expect to hear anything back, but I felt like it was important to once again try to engage the governor, but also let him know what his policies and practices are doing in cities like Chicago. What do you think's happening in his state, you dimwit? Right. I mean, why don't you go right to Biden and should have months ago to say, hey, what's going on? Okay, this was all fine and good, letting all these people in illegally, but now it's starting to affect me. I mean, you could have taken a page out of the mayor of New York's notebook because that's what he started doing. Well, that's always what's interesting about advocating for things that will never happen to you or you don't think will ever happen to you. Yeah. It's easy to do. Sure. Until it shows up and in your like, front door. Wait a minute. We are completely tapped out. We have no more space, no more resources. And frankly, we're already in a surge. We've been seeing over the last week, two to three, 200 plus people coming to Chicago every single day. What do you think it's like in Texas? Brownsville, Texas. In the last couple of weeks, they've had a surge of 15,000 people. Golly. That that is what she is complaining about is a drop in the But That would be a great day. That would be a great week. In a lot of border communities, and she has the audacity to go on national television. I mean, I know like six people watch that station, but still has the audacity to go out there and claim that she's the real victim out of all of it. Give me a break. Listen, whether it was NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN, for a long time, they were saying, oh, far right talking about this border crisis. It's so xenophobic. There's no crisis. They kept saying it over and over until it affects their cities. And then they're screaming all about it. We've seen it going on for months. We call them walk-ins because they're not coming on buses, but they are coming on planes from San Antonio. And we're very concerned because they don't seem like they're getting screened at the border. We've seen people coming with serious medical issues. Well, yes. Well, yeah. (laughs) How about secure the border? That's what people have been screaming about forever. And you call them xenophobic. Oh, my gosh, it's so frustrating. (laughs) It's going to be interesting, too, because the guy that's replacing her is further left than her. Yeah. See how he handles all this. God, what a... Yeah. By the way, switching gears, saw this story this morning. Um, (laughs) uh, China has its tentacles into all sorts of businesses in the United States. This has been the long plan for China for a long time. And I think it's been said many times, China doesn't look at the next election. They look decades down the road. Mm. And you can see that coming to fruition now. Uh, Ford is going to manufacture and import Lincoln SUVs from China. Yes, a quote, American car company having vehicles made in China, and then we'll import them into the United States. Wait, I thought I thought Joe Biden was talking about reviving the auto industry in the United States. Uh, well, he might have to have a conversation with Ford, I would guess. Saw this story at Daily Wire. I'll just read from the story. You know, more than 25 years ago, Slick Willie, Bill Clinton, promised that increased trade with China would benefit the United States and turn the communist country into one that embraced capitalism. <laughs> that worked. Since that promise, it seems evident that America has received the bad end of that bargain. Millions of jobs shipped overseas, opioid addictions, weakened power on the world stage, while China has reaped the rewards. The latest sign comes courtesy of Ford. Ford will soon begin importing the Lincoln Nautilus SUV from China. 
Marks the first time ever that Ford will be manufacturing a car in China for U.S. import. You know, it's an, it's an automobile, too, that was named after a president, so the new one will be called the Chi. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, what, opening up trade routes and normalization and exporting jobs and whatnot, that'll make them yeah. embrace capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that they embrace capitalism the same way a noose embraces a neck. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well played, well, dude. Not nice job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the very true. Lincoln Mao. <laughs> <laughs> SUV. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's get to this piece of audio. Talking about Joe Biden running again for president. You have audio of a young woman, David. Yeah, well, there are a couple of young people. ABC News sent Martha Raddatz to Pennsylvania to talk to young folks about Joe Biden. Uh, of course, he made the formal announcement last week that he is, in fact, running for reelection. And they wanted to gauge, hey, how do the young people feel about all this? To Martha Raddatz, who is this? She talking to a 58-year-old woman? <laughs> oh, younger than that. Yeah. Okay, roll it. Go ahead. You voted for Biden. I did. He announced this week. What was your reaction? Regret, disappointment, <laughs> frustration. I think I would go for Biden, but obviously I would prefer a fresher candidate. He announced this week. Were you excited by that? Uh, not particularly. I'm more interested in a progressive candidate. What do you like about Joe Biden? Well, somebody more progressive than what Joe's been doing? Yes. Yeah. You want to destroy this thing even faster. <laughs> okay. All right. Roll on. Yeah. <laughs> This person can't name what they like about Joe Biden. Nope. That was the entire pause. Holy smokes. <laughs> um, uh, that he's not Trump. Ah, that's it. That is absolutely it. Yes. That is the perfect answer right there. Yeah. He's not Trump. I think even Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd said that Biden needs Trump. He does. Because that's what he's running on. Yes. That's what it's all about. Yes. It's a gamble, a calculated gamble, but a gamble he thinks he can win. But it's the only chance he's got. Well, I, I'm not even going to say that because... What do you mean? I'm not sure of anything. What do you mean? Voter Explain. turnout, suburban white women. I, I don't know, man. Some worm's got to turn here. What I'm saying is if it's not Trump, Biden will lose. Again, you're very confident in saying that, and yes. I want to I want to agree with your confidence. However, I saw a red wave coming about a year ago too, and it didn't happen. So, well, we can bet. We always bet on oh, the show. God, I, see, <laughs> but I want to I want to root for what you're saying. I want to be like you. I want to be a believer like that. Okay, but I what, just they, you're just, saying they no. can screw it up so six ways a Sunday. This party, okay, the Republican Party falls on it all the time. I'm talking about Biden against someone other than Trump, if not for the boogeyman. And and again, man, it comes down to independents and independent women. If Trump can get them to vote for him, he can win. I don't know that he can. Yeah. That's the problem. All right, David, moving on. Uh, Something about the vice president. What is this? Oh, uh, well... Vice President Kamala Harris spoke to the South Koreans, uh, talking about the deep historical and cultural ties we have with them, and brought up a Netflix series. 
Roll it. I also think of the Emmy Award-winning TV shows like Squid Games, which I will confess Doug and I binge-watched at home over a series of weeks. And I think of the actress, Yoon Ya-jung, who I met in Seoul last year when I convened groundbreaking South Korean women. She is the first Korean to win an Academy Award for acting. These are examples of the cultural ties and the intertwined history between our nations. Hey, somebody that won a movie award and Squid then, Games? Isn't it Squid, Squid Game? Game? Yeah. Game? Well, she can't even get that right. Again, not to split hairs, but if it takes you several weeks to watch a series, you didn't binge watch it. No. Anyway, I just, that, that's just a, uh, that may be splitting hairs there. Well, it's Squid Games. We binged it over a year. Yeah. What does that mean? So did you watch it or not? Not today. Well, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Dude, it goes along with everything else that she said. In the passage of time, in the moment she was in, at that particular time, she didn't decide to watch the third episode of Squid Games. <laughs> Instead, she decided to write another speech where she could talk about root causes. Yes. And if they could get to the root causes, then they wouldn't have this immigration problem. Just nonstop nonsense. That's what it feels like all the time. I just broke news. Of course <laughs> oh, my gosh. I noticed four, the, another four years of that. I noticed the chortle has been reduced to almost nothing now. She wanted to laugh right there, but she didn't. I'll bet you we hear the chortle within a month. No, no, I'm not betting on anything. Come on. I'm out. No. It's the first of May. Get I your like, betting shoes on. I like the chortle-free zone we currently are in. All right. Do you know why Gwyneth Paltrow is proud? You won't believe that story. We'll get to that in a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. This mortgage scheme that we've heard about. Yeah. This is crazy, man. Yeah, we talked about this crazy wealth redistribution plan from Joe Biden. You know, middle of the road, not communist Joe Biden. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the new rules scheduled to start today would force home buyers with good credit to pay more fees to subsidize low-income bad credit buyers. God. So you go to buy a home, you've saved up your 20% down payment, you've really worked hard to keep your credit score high. Maybe you dug yourself out of a lousy credit score but wanted to get a better score before you went in to buy a new home. You did everything by the book. Well, Biden wants to charge you more so that people who didn't do the right thing can have a shot at buying a house that they can't afford. Equity, bro. Thus increasing the chances of another default crisis. Awesome. Mm -hmm. A bipartisan group of officials from 27 states, we're talking about state treasurers, we're talking about county commissioners, I mean, anybody who has anything to do with uh, finances and tax collection in 27 states has signed on to this letter saying, Biden, don't do this. This is, this is going to be disastrous. Uh, the letter was led by Pennsylvania Treasurer St uh, Stacey Garrity. Uh, and it says, it is already clear that this new policy will be a disaster. It amounts to a middle-class tax hike that will unfairly cost American families millions upon millions of dollars. And at a time when the real estate market has already slowed considerably due to high interest rates, it will further depress home sales. Okay. I'm guessing. And tell me if I'm wrong. That Biden doesn't even understand it. He just got the talking points and this is what we're going to do. Oh, okay. All right. 
he doesn't even know what's going on. He's just being well, told no. what yeah. to do by the far left. They control everything, and it's all by design. And there probably is going to be nothing done about this. I mean, now I sound like David a little bit. Hey, that's all great. They're all trying to stop this. Nothing's going to happen. Do you no. think they are going to stop it? No, I don't. Not 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 unless somebody is going to start um, uh, start a lawsuit. But again, you, you kind of run into the same situation you had with the student loan bailout idea. Is one of the hardest hurdles to clear is who actually is harmed by this and who actually has legal standing to challenge it. And you know, big banks are not going to do it because they're still going to get their cut. How do you? I mean, that's that's well, how they don't this care works. where they get it. Right, the money is still going yeah, to be there. They could care less where they get it. Well. And what? There's a default on the loan? What happens to them in the end? They bail out. Right. You know, there's not much risk there, it doesn't seem like, if you go over what's happened in the past. There's no issue with, there's no consequences to bad behavior, period. That's what it seems like. And what happens? Bad behavior is rewarded. I know. In the legal system, jury, jurist system, I mean, everywhere. You know what, man? I mean, you, you, I, I forget where I heard it over the weekend. Armed robber, you're out on the streets in eight hours. It was something to the extent of communism is slowly taking over the country. Mm-hmm. It's insanity. And it is. And that sounds like this crazy statement that people would say is a joke for years and years, but you see it in all areas. It's, every, it's happening right. more and more every day. Equal That's outcomes. just another Equal exa- outcomes example is a of it. bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow is proud. Do you know why? No. Because she helped make divorce easier by popularizing conscious uncoupling. Mm-hmm. She feels good about it. God. I can't. Do you remember the conscious uncoupling? Of course I do, because nobody knew what the hell it meant. Yeah. Uh, she said in an interview, it, it makes me feel pretty proud when people come up to me on the streets and say, thank you for introducing that concept because I've become good friends with my ex. See, the, the thought See, was before Gwyneth... Is that if you get a, a divorce, you have to hate the other person, right. and you can't get along for the sake of the kids. And her and Chris Martin together introduced conscious uncoupling, yeah, and paved the way for narcissists to get divorced because that way they can do what they want to do. A little romance doesn't feel right anymore. The kids will be fine. They said they were happy. What gave yeah. way to unconscious ass jackassery? Yeah. <laughs> Is that's where that is. She's a nut. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Isn't this something though that that's totally a rich people thing? Oh yeah. What she right, talks exactly. about the conscious uncoupling because yes. when there are assets on the line, actually, yeah. that's where it gets heated. You're writing a big check every month. Yeah. Yeah, with Chris Martin, Gwyneth Paltrow, they're both independently rich. Right. Hire your nannies, and you can still do your goop thing. Okay, Jeffrey Epstein. Is back in the news. Have you heard this? This is wild, man. That and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, Jeffrey Epstein in the news. Don't know if you guys saw this. This was at the Wall Street Journal. So I read this piece and I'm like, holy smokes, is this stuff ever going to come out? Hmm. Jeffrey Epstein. We were supposed to find all this out. He had blackmail on everybody. That was the word, right? Yeah. Yeah, but blackmail on important people. So we don't get to know about it. Hmm. Well, in this piece today, uh, the title, Jeffrey Epstein's private counter reveals prominent names, including CIA chief and Goldman Sachs top lawyer. Hmm. Scheduled his emails, detailed meetings in the years after he was a convicted sex offender. Hmm. 
what was going on. Think about that. In your world, a convicted sex offender like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And when it's done, you just pick up where you left off. No big deal. Prominent people, they're not worried about the association. We got to remember. Nah, he's got a lot of ties. Yeah, you got to remember, they're all bad people. True. So you had Catherine Rumler, a White House counsel under Barack Obama, had dozens of meetings with Epstein in the years after her White House service and before she became a top lawyer at Goldman Sachs in 2020. He also planned for her to join a 2015 trip to Paris and a 2017 visit to Epstein's private island in the Caribbean. You don't say. Then there was the president of Bard College, Leon Botstein. Um, He invited Jeffrey Epstein uh, to the campus. Jeffrey brought a group of young female guests along with him to the campus. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. Hmm. Well, I'm sure they were interested in attending. It was like a field trip. It was educational. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Noam Chomsky a professor, author, and political activist, was scheduled to fly with Epstein to have dinner at Epstein's Manhattan townhouse in 2015. And so throughout this story, it mentions none of the names appear in Epstein's now public black book of contacts or in the public flight logs of passengers who traveled on his private jet. These documents show that Epstein arranged multiple meetings with all these people, again, after he had served jail time for a sex crime, involving a teenage girl, and was a registered sex offender. So in these documents, it's thousands of pages of emails and schedules from 2013 to 2017 that had not been previously reported. Now, the documents don't reveal the purpose of those meetings, and the Wall Street Journal couldn't verify whether every scheduled meeting took place. But most of the people told the journal... Well, they visited Epstein for reasons related to his wealth and connections. Uh-huh. That's, that's what it was all about. Several said they thought he had served his time and rehabilitated himself. Ah. <laughs> really? Okay. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to imagine this. I'm the president of a college. Here's a guy that did time because he was trafficking a young girl. He comes to my college with not one, two, three... With a bunch of teenage girls in tow. (laughs) That's not a red flag? He's not worried about optics at all. Well, no. I mean, come on. He's not a conservative judge, for crying out loud. A college can't just (laughs) ban him. (laughs) That's great. And you go through the story, and you're like, are we ever going to know all of this and how far it goes? Probably not. But I think most of us believe he had dirt on a whole lot of people. Uh, Most definitely, yes. And so, and then they mentioned again what happened in 2015, Virginia. Is it Guffrey? Is that how you say her uh, last Jufre, name? Jufrey, I believe. Jufrey, yeah. the Prince Andrew accuser, yeah. who had settled with Prince Andrew. What was that last year? That I lawsuit. Think so. Yeah. Yeah. And as the story says, despite the negative press, Epstein's days were filled from morning to night with meetings with prominent people. There were dinners at New York restaurants, meetings at luxury hotels, and gatherings in the offices of prominent law firms. Many appointments were held at Epstein's townhouse in Manhattan. Mm. You know, prosecutors alleged in 2019 that that townhouse is where Epstein sexually abused female victims for years, many underage, and that he had paid some of them to recruit their friends to engage in sexual activity. That's where a lot of this took place. Not to mention that weird painting of Bill Clinton wearing the blue dress. Was that in Manhattan? I think that was at the townhouse, yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yep. 
I thought that was on the Orgy Island. It's so confusing. There's so many details. What do you think people would do if they knew, like, the truth of all of this? Because I'll tell you my fear, mm-hmm. that even if it all came out, there would be a lot of legacy media that would just ignore it. Well, yeah, because their bosses are probably implicated in a lot of it. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. But this is back again. And then, you know, there's always now you get to be so cynical. Some would say wise that you're thinking the Wall Street Journal, they probably had this story for a while. What's the timing about? I don't know. It's also I'm weird just saying it makes you wonder. This guy lived that life without anybody knowing where the money was coming from. Or they knew where the money was coming from, but they didn't want to say where the money was coming from. He was allowed to just come in and out of these, buy these townhouses and islands. And an investment banker? I mean, I know those guys do pretty well, but give me a freaking break here. Well, yeah. I think there was hush was, money going out all over the place. The payouts going out. There's a reason he had cameras in every single one of his little bedrooms he had there. Yep. Once you went to the island. Yeah. Boy, Bill, it'd be a damn shame if everybody knew about this, wouldn't it? <laughs> you were a puppet after that, it sure seems. Yeah. Yes. Pretty wild, man. All right. It's that time of day. Go around the table. It might not be the biggest story out there today, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? Well, this is kind of an inside baseball story, but I think we all, I, I think that there is something deep down in all of us where we like to see the suits kind of get screwed over every now and again. Sure. Especially when they run some of the worst outlets in the country. Uh, Nate Silver, he's the dude behind 538, uh, the forecasting outfit. They run analytics on politics and sports and whatnot. Well, he's currently under contract with ABC, but he's leaving at the end of his contract because ABC apparently was going to be downsizing the department. They might have been firing him, uh, period, anyway. Uh, But according to Semaphore News, the suits at ABC didn't realize something. When he leaves, his coveted forecasting model is going with him because ABC doesn't own it. And no one at ABC knew that they were actually renting it from him and didn't own it themselves. So it was an agreement when Nate Silver went to work with ESPN, he agreed to rent out this forecasting model, what he's put together. Uh, He agreed to let them use it, uh, but it was a rental agreement. He still owned the intellectual property. And ABC News, when they absorbed ESPN... Just nobody double-checked any of the contracts or anything. So apparently they didn't know that they didn't own it. And so now they're scrambling because they were thinking, well, we'll we'll dump that nerd, save a a few hundred grand in salary or whatever. Yes. And we still got the thing we really wanted anyway. We got the the, uh, model. And you don't (laughs) actually have the model. And you know that Silver knew that the entire time. Because Absolutely. probably he would not have done the deal if he had to sign over his model. Right. Along with, wow. <laughs> that is interesting. Pretty funny. All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, my story is, I don't know if you guys knew it or not, but uh, coming up this Wednesday, it's World Press Freedom Day. So the Associated Press did some polling, and then they analyzed their own poll. Trying to find something, I guess, uh, flowers in the garden of weeds here. But AP notes that slightly more than half of respondents have at least some confidence in the news media ability to report the news fully and fairly. But just 16% of those polled said they were very confident. And almost half said they had little to no confidence in the media. And how about their ability to promote and strengthen democracy? Well, 20, 20% 
So the mainstream media is doing that. Twice as many said they're harming democracy. And, of course, there is more of a partisan breakdown here, obviously, yes. more Republicans and Democrats. And the conclusion of the story was it's not so much what they report on and the slant they report on it, getting back to your initial claim. It's what they never report on. Yeah. It is. And people have found out that they can find these things truthfully elsewhere. Yeah, I think the whole model is getting changed before mm-hmm. our eyes. It is interesting, though, that this this poll shows what I think a lot of us have believed a long time, that it's nonsense. Yes, I think that's right. And, and America wakes up eventually and goes, hey, you know what? This is garbage. Um, David, I, you know what? I want I want you to choose today. Do you want me to do my story? Because I got a couple of choices. Mm-hmm. I could go lighter note, but it, it's at the risk of offending Scott. Or I could what? Or I could do something more serious for my story today. Dang. The story has nothing to do with you, Scott. It's just going to offend me. It has to do with a chimp. Okay. What? Do the damn chimp story. Then. Yeah, we'll do the chimp story. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm intrigued. All I right. Too now. Now that I know I'm going to be offended. Well, I don't know. I... I'm really not offended by anything. But go ahead. All right. Remember how Michael Jackson had that pet chimpanzee? Yes. Bubbles. Yes, Bubbles. Did you know that Bubbles just celebrated his 40th birthday? <laughs> well, I knew Bubbles was uh, getting up there in age because I believe he was a young chimp when Michael had him. But Bubbles is living at a retirement home in Florida. Is he? Who knew? Yeah, Playing. called the Center for Great Apes. Playing shuffleboard <laughs> with the other apes. Apparently. Bingo. Yes. Uh, Barbershop quartet singing. Yes. It was a massive birthday party for him. There was a cake that was frosted with mashed bananas. Mm. They wrote his name in blueberries. Bubbles. <laughs> they had an actual bubble bath and paper bubbles as decorations. <laughs> bubbles got presents. Nice. Like a blankie with his photos on it. Nice. Wow. By the way, and I, you would never want a blanket with bubbles pictures on it would you no, not with bubbles no i got no connection to bubbles no how about a blankie with michael jackson pictures on it? i wouldn't want that either okay do you still have the michael jackson wall art of up? course i do okay because you have a platinum michael jackson record that hangs yeah is it in the bedroom still yes okay next next to his sister janet's okay i keep all the jacksons together <laughs> <laughs> did any other jacksons have a platinum record solo not that i'm aware of i know tito didn't what about jermaine jermaine had some hits but i don't think so okay anyway bubbles even got presents as i mentioned and the staff entertained him with dvds of michael which may seem triggering but they say he loves watching them and remembers him how do they know well i I think he's probably just glad that michael jackson can no longer harm him (laughs) i think that's really what it is it's like oh yeah that's that guy who's dead Oh my gosh. No, I, I think Bubbles had his own room and Bubbles didn't sleep at night with Michael like I his guest did. I think he pro- I think it'd be hard to get a chimp trained to sleep with you all night without bounding around the house. <laughs> okay. I may be wrong about that. All right. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's good to know true. Bubbles is still doing well though. <laughs> that, yeah, good. just I figured you'd want to know that. Yeah. And good. I think David, you and I will probably not know the answer to the question that you brought up again the other day. I don't know how people do separate sometimes the Michael Jackson music I, with his past and the young boys sleeping in yeah, his bed and all that. It's just it's, uh, it's very it's got to be difficult to to separate those two things. Yeah, 
But as you mentioned, Scott, a lot of his music is now coming back again. It is. I've, I've heard Billy Jean on the radio quite a bit recently on a, what they call those adult contemporary stations. You listen to those, really? Occasionally when I'm dialing around, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. When I don't want to hear Slow Ride for the billionth time. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with hearing yeah. classic adult contemporary for you. Anyway, see, you're not even mad at that story. No, I'm past the mad point with Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got a news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Did hear a number of people talking about Tucker Carlson over the weekend. Wondering what exactly was the reason he got fired. I don't know if you uh, saw this in the failing New York Times. Some are wondering... Whether or not Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky got him fired. (laughs) Wow, man. I hadn't heard that one yet. Yes. (laughs) Well, according to the story, um, Rupert Murdoch had a conversation with Zelensky. Uh, It was uh, like the anniversary of the Fox News reporter dying there. Mm -hmm. And apparently discussed... Tucker Carlson and that Zelensky did not like the coverage at all because he's not so much for the war, you know, if you're a viewer of Tucker. He also mocks Zelensky all the time and his clothing choices. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Uh (laughs) Um, And apparently the Ukrainian president had a similar conversation with Lachlan Murdoch on March 15th. That's the brother, right? That's the son. Or son, okay. Like the heir apparent, I believe. Uh, conversations came weeks before the Murdochs fired their biggest star, as the story says, the most outspoken critic of American support for Ukraine. Senior Ukrainian officials made their objections to Tucker Carlson's coverage known to Fox executives. But then it says Zelensky did not raise it on the call with the Murdochs. So we're not sure if that happened or not. But, said as the story goes on, Tucker's firing will immediately relieve pressure on, you know, Ukraine supporters in D.C., whom Tucker had criticized on the air. Texas Representative Michael McCall, been one of the most outspoken Republican supporters of U.S. support in Ukraine, stepping out of line occasionally to reprimand figures in the Republican Party who don't share his views on the war in Ukraine. Um, But as his story says, regardless of the reason that Tucker got fired, More moderate pro-Ukraine members of the Republican caucus on the Hill are not hiding their relief. And they quote mittens. Nah. One Mitt Romney. Saying there have been some that have argued that he was setting foreign policy for the Republican Party, which I find to be bizarre. Certainly not for me, said mittens. God. Okay. To the primary voter, the active participant, the grassroots voter, he's a person they listen to and has a big influence. How dare they listen to somebody who doesn't just repeat what we tell them to say? Right. So, yeah, I found that pretty interesting. We don't know the reason yet. No. Just different theories. On a lighter note, uh, they've done this every year for the last few years. The most common things people leave behind in Ubers. Mm. Um, Phones was second. I was going to say phones. That was my first guess, phones. What do you think first was? Uh, Uh, Depending on the market, uh, you know, I'm thinking in some cases, it's like Friday, Saturday night, they leave behind their dignity. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get back, though, David. You can't go go claim that again. No. Clothing's number one. Clothing? Yeah. 
Well, if it's cold, might leave a jacket, something like that. Purses, backpacks, wallets, purses, yeah. Headphones, jewelry, keys, books, laptops. Hello, Hunter. Watches. <laughs> and then, of course, they always share the bizarre things that they saw, like a fog machine, an ankle monitor, <laughs> 16 ounces of fake blood. Oh, a lightsaber. A few hamsters. Oh, hamsters? No, what no. are we talking about? Yeah, that's... Go, Joe, <laughs> This is the Mark the Game Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, this guy, he should have been impeached by now. He should be gone. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the Dorcas, well, Mayorkas? Yeah, Alejandro Mayorkas. The border crisis has already overwhelmed cities on the southern border. That's been the case for a couple of years now, and it's getting worse. I mean, we saw the reporting out of Brownsville, Texas, where they had, what, 15,000 migrants coming yeah. across and through their town, and they don't know what they're supposed to do with it. The state of Texas is uh, trying to send them elsewhere, and then they're getting you know, complaints from sanctuary city leaders like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago and Mayor Eric Adams in New York. This is what you asked for. You, well, you said, yeah. you said, hey, we look at the Statue of Liberty and we see that as a come on in. Okay? Unreal. And then that awful story of the person here illegally mm-hmm. deported five times, murders five people. You see the news report on ABC. They fail to mention he's here illegally and yeah. has been deported five times. Right. No, because they want to turn that uh, tragedy that happened in Cleveland, Texas, into a uh, into an anti-gun thing. Oh, yeah. Even though under existing law, he was not eligible to own a firearm. <laughs> it's maddening, man. It's so, just maddening. And it's about to get a whole lot worse because Title 42, here we go again, is supposed to be lifted uh, on the 12th of this month. Um, This is the health order that allows the feds to expel people more quickly. So, it's again, it's like putting a a Band-Aid on a knife wound. But, you know, it's done something, at least. Uh, Thousands of people are getting ready to cross when, when this order is lifted. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was asked about this on Meet the Press. What's May 12th going to look like if we're already overwhelmed before the expiration of Title 42? A few things, Chuck. First of all, this is a really tough challenge and has been, as we all recognize, for years and years. We are seeing a level of migration, not just at our southern border, but throughout the hemisphere that is unprecedented. Oh, stop with that. Okay, just take care of us first. I'm so sick and tired of hearing, well, this is a challenge everywhere. No, it wasn't a challenge here until your boss took office and told you to play lame. I don't know if you can play any other way than lame, but you've let this happen. It is, I think, the greatest migration in our hemisphere since World War II. The president on day one delivered a solution. He delivered immigration reform legislation that we had hoped Congress would act on swiftly. They haven't. Within the constraints of a broken immigration system, Mm -hmm. we are doing so much. Okay. Wow. I'm trying not to freak out. 
David, I feel like you want me to freak out. Well, we all know it's Tell them that God's gonna cut them down. Tell them that God's gonna cut them down. I mean, we all know what he said there is garbage. Uh, it is. It's just a complete lie. When you even have Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd going, hey, it's already pretty bad. How bad is it going to get? What are we doing here? You know, because it's not like this is the first time the Title 42 deadline is approached. You know, they, it keeps kind of it keeps getting delayed. The lifting of yes. Title 42, um, but it, it's not like you would think at this point they would have a game plan, uh, but they didn't, and they still don't. And I'm again, I'm left with the impression that they want this to happen. No, they do. There's nothing else that makes sense. They want it to happen. They want it to continue. They want to completely change the United States. Nothing else makes sense. I love the way they do this. It's everywhere nonsense. That's just gaslighting nonsense. It's just such a weird... I mean, he does it all the time. I understand, But this is happening all over the world, not just here. Like, that makes it okay. Like, if you go to anybody in your job today, you go to your boss and say, well, you know, this is happening in a lot of places, my failures. (laughs) <laughs> what are they going to say? Oh, you know what? I'd not considered that. You're, you know what? You're right. Sorry, I even asked. Yeah. Of course, that's not what happens. They're well, like, I don't give a flip. Yeah, you have a job to do. Hey, but I, his job is to let people in, and then go in front of Congress and lie, go on TV and lie. That's all he does. Mm-hmm. Weak little man. Yeah, going to your parents. You know, Tommy gets to have blah blah blah, or gets to do blah blah blah. The old man would say, I don't care what Tommy gets to do. I care about what you do. Exactly. Yep. But everybody else is doing (laughs) it. But you know, Scott, if you give the example of the way your father did it, that's just an example of white supremacy. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The patriarchy. Let's do that. Yep, of course. All right. Um, Illegal immigrant murders. Gosh dang, it's this maddening, man. Yeah, it is. With all this stuff. I'm guessing Mayorkas wasn't asked about this. Uh, He was, but he said he had no comment on it because it's an ongoing investigation. These guys. Yeah, this guy, Francisco Oropesa, he was shooting a rifle on his property. His neighbors told him to knock it off because they had a little baby trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then he went into the house and murdered five people, including an eight-year-old child. And he's on the run at this point and fox news at least is reporting that uh their ice contacts are telling them that he's been deported five times but he had a consulate card that he had apparently overstayed or something <laughs> but is anybody interested uh, in getting these people out of the country and, and keeping them out here's the thing okay you get deported you get deported twice on the third time we're just locking you up for the rest of your life how about that yes all right. Nope. You broke. Nope. We gave you, have you a to chance. Have a deterrent. Right. That's the way life works. It's common sense. God's going to cut them down, man. I just keep going <laughs> back to that. Everybody's going to have to answer for this at some point in time of what you've done. It's maddening. Because if I say what I really want yeah. to happen and what I hope happens, we don't have a show. I'm not alone. No. I think we all understand what should happen to some of these people. No, think about me and David. <laughs> <laughs> Mayorka should be in jail. He really should. I'll well, move on. Did you hear uh, the story? <laughs> and I have a piece of audio to play for you as well. Um, 
Riley Gaines has been in the news many times. She swam at Kentucky, female swimmer. She was one that spoke out against Leah Thomas, whatever Thomas's name was when he was a dude, that that was not fair. Of course, we all know it wasn't fair what we saw a year ago as far as women's college swimming. And so she spoke out against Brittany Griner because Brittany Griner, the one that was busted in Russia for marijuana, that we were able to pull all the strings to get her back, not, not the person that served the country that's still in Russia. And forget that Wall Street Journal reporter. Yeah, whatever. Right. We're working tirelessly to bring him home. I don't know if anybody believes that or not. But we got Brittany Griner home. And then Brittany Griner, if you missed it last week, said she thinks it's a crime to try to get in the way of biological males that identify as women playing in women's sports. And we had the audio right, last yeah. week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This. And so Riley Gaines was asked about that. And she said, which NBA team would have Brittany Griner? Since apparently the overwhelming obvious differences between men and women should simply be overlooked. Heartbreaking to see athletically successful women take this demeaning stance. And if we're going to talk about crimes, Brittany, dot, yeah. dot, dot is what she tweeted out. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good take. I, honest to gosh, man. What? I just cannot, I cannot fathom. This argument that we're having, it? I, I just can't. I don't understand. Well, Why are we having this argument? Why are we saying this? Why is there a group of people chirping out there saying, no, that men should be allowed to compete against women? Why would they say that? David, I want to put you on the spot yeah. to just ask at the root of it. What do you think it's about? At the root of it, I, I think like specifically with the women's sports thing. Yeah, yeah I think it's cowardice. I think, I think at the they end of just the day, don't want to ruffle the feathers or rock the boat right. and I'll go along with it because it's easier for me to do that. Right, let me frame the question different. Do you think that as far as academia who push this nonsense, do yeah. you think they actually believe it? Yes, I do. I think there are some okay. who, who really do truly believe it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Leah Thomas, and this was after last week. Leah Thomas is saying, you know, there's a lot of transphobia with these feminists, the Martina Navratilovas out there yeah. and the Riley Gaines. And we talked about it last week. But when we played the audio of Brittany Griner, you were stunned, Scott, by the sound of her voice because you thought she sounded like a dude. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever heard Leah Thomas speak? <laughs> no. Yeah. Because she did an interview with Skylar, is it Baylor, about feminists protecting women's sports yeah. and Thomas's take on this. I haven't heard this. Roll no. it there. Like, oh, we respect Leah as a woman, as a trans woman, whatever. We respect her identity. We just don't think it's fair. You can't really have that that sort of half support where you're like, oh, I respect okay. her as a woman here, but not here. <laughs> They're using the guise of, of feminism to sort of push transphobic uh, beliefs and i think a lot of people nope. in that camp sort of carry an implicit bias against trans people but don't want to i guess fully manifest or, or speak that out mm. and so they try to just play it off as this sort of half support they think about okay yeah well that's well obviously a dude that's a guy yeah yeah if you if he answered the phone and you said what sex is that guy you wouldn't say girl 
Right. No. Yes, but Dylan Mulvaney wants that to be illegal, to misgender somebody. But again, you just if, broke if, the law. if I just say to him, hey, man, <laughs> you can't compete against girls. You're a guy. There's girls sports and boys sports. That's what it is. Yeah, you can't do it. And now all of a sudden I'm transphobic? Yes. Yeah. And Brittany Griner would say, yes, you're transphobic. <laughs> yeah. Did, did y'all see that video last week of the guy who ran James into- Earl Griner. <laughs> Oh, people will come, right? <laughs> the video of the guy who ran the uh, London Marathon, uh, but yeah. he, he yes. identified as a woman, and he's like girl at, the, power. at the finish line. Yeah, girl power, girl power. The guy who went from the bottom half of the men's marathon in November to the top third in the women's race in London going, girl power. Yes. That's, I mean, at least to his credit, he says, well, I'll give the medal back, I guess. I get it. And he was like goofing on him anyway, kind of, wasn't he? I don't know. I have no idea. No, maybe I not. don't know. You know what? There's another 20 seconds of this part of this interview. Listen to the Skyler person go off of what I just played from uh, Thomas. I think about how twisted feminism, quote unquote, feminism has become. Their arguments, you know, in order to exclude anybody in the trans category, you have to reduce women to reproductive capacity, which is, in my opinion, extremely anti-feminist. I don't want to put those women down either, and I know you don't want don't want to either, because I see pain. I, I see pain, and I and the pain is coming from somewhere. It's not you though; it's the patriarchy. And how can we get people ah. to see that? <laughs> oh my wait, gosh! Hold on Dude, a second. That's a mental freaking disorder. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! It's the patriarchy for yes. actual women to say that men don't belong in women's spaces. Exactly. Correct. And it it's is your fault, male whitey. It is it is feminist. It is a feminist ideal to force women to accept men in women's spaces. Correct. Man, the patriarchy is crafty, isn't it? Look at Holy the, pain in the, the pain in their eyes. I think it's just pain. No, that's rage and resentment because women have fought for a long time to get onto some sort of even playing field, and you mentally ill dudes are ruining it for them. Yep. By the way, uh, while we're in the learning circle right now about what's the patriarchy and what's transphobic, do you know what is racist and sexist? Asking about Biden's age. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that piece audio and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Asking about Joe Biden's age is like racism and sexism. Yeah. yeah this is according to a Democratic mm. strategist, uh, Chai Kamanduri. Uh, Says, yeah. Yes, asking about Joe Biden's age and cognitive decline is the same as sexism and racism. This was on MSNBC. Okay. Ageism is an issue. Americans have a rich history of holding people's physical characteristics against them. Okay, you can ask African Americans, you can ask women. That is a fact. That is a problem. That is something that we. You should have taken it up with all the Democrats before that New York Times piece was going to run in the fall about Biden's too old to yeah. do this. Well, I. I mean, it's not ages to say the guy can barely get a sentence out. No, it's not. And no, he forgets it's not. where he is sometimes. It has nothing to do with age. I mean, what, Anthony Fauci is about the same age, if not older, than Correct. Joe Biden? Yep. And he's light years ahead. I, yes. I don't like the guy, no. but he is cognitively, obviously, light years ahead of Joe Biden. Yes. Like Fauci, he actually designs plans for evil. Biden just takes the orders. 
Right. There's a difference. But one has to be sharper than the other. Oh, like Bernie Sanders is almost the same age as Biden. He's a communist, but he's, he appears to at least be with it. He is pro-nap. Yeah, but yes, well. I would agree. He is more with it than Joe. Yes. That is something that we are definitely going to have to fight on. That is something Democrats are definitely going to have to address head on. I think Joe Biden has definitely done that. He has a record to run on. He has a record of accomplishment. What? <laughs> These are guys you are talking paid. about. You know, the whole model, honestly. Okay, we're going to have a Democratic strategist on to talk. Mm-hmm. What good does that do anybody? It's just freaking talking points. That, that, what he just said doesn't bring up a good point at all. No, can the guy do the job or can he not? He can't. Well, well, today he gave up on ascendance, Joe Biden did. Yes. Yeah. Again. Just gave up. Yep. Yeah, it was like some small business uh, thing, and then he stumbled over the name of the business. Fork in the road. just And then just right. completely gave up on it. We have it. You know, sometimes quitting might be the best thing. Go ahead. We see it here again today in companies like, and I hope I pronounced it right. Uh, uh, um, Ame Power. Is it Ame? I believe that's right, yeah. Ame Power. Florida Small Business Winner Award winner or uh, Business Week winner. You won. <laughs> Do you know the correct pronunciation, by the way? I have no idea. But I was guessing the one it's recognizing not. them at the White House. Ame Power? Yeah. Ame Power? Mm hmm. Hmm. Heck of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. They won. They won. You won. I couldn't tell if he was saying that to the business owners or to the sentence. I wasn't. <laughs> well, the sentence obviously won. Everybody knew that. He didn't have to declare that. This is the Markley Vane Camp and Robin Show. Okay. Uh, biggest story of the day? Stop. You won. You won. <laughs> Uncle. Uncle. Biggest story of the day. You I ain't think. seen nothing yet. But 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 baby, <laughs> I ain't seen nothing yet. Here's Biggest story of the day to me. You'll never will forget. But 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 baby, I'm right. Sorry. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> you gotta laugh. You have to. It's insanity. Oh, the, the just get ready because he's gonna win re-election. You know that. I know, I know that. Everybody I know. knows that. I know it. He's got. We're gonna have. Uh, second term of Joe Biden. I don't know if he'll make it all the way through, but... Okay. News update. Gosh damn it. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. I don't want to just say, and I'm talking about the way we ended the last segment, that Joe Biden's just going to win. I know what you're getting at, David. Yeah. You're almost protecting yourself from getting your hopes up. No, I think he's going to win. Yeah. Okay, are we going to bet? I don't want to bet yet because I don't know who nominee is going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm I, afraid of it. I, I will be honest. I am afraid that Biden is going to win, and it's unbelievable in some ways that we're having this conversation right now because no one would have seen this coming five months ago. Yeah. Or I, mean, I should say before the midterms. Yeah, I mean, you saw you saw what happened in the midterms, uh, where there were very positive results for conservatives at local levels, but you know, at the at the federal level, at the national level, sure, you know, Republicans took the House with a narrow majority, but they failed to get the Senate, and 
I, I just think the Democratic machine has only gotten better at rigging the game. Legally, but rigging the game nonetheless. And sure, you can talk about voter integrity laws in, in Georgia and yes. that were passed in Texas and whatnot. But man, when you when you think about some critical used to be swing states, uh, the Democrats still have control in a lot of those places, places like Pennsylvania. They've still got the ability to have this sort of free for all mail in voting drop boxes, everything that that made 2020 such a disaster. They've got free reign to do it. It worked for them. They've got the backing of most media outlets. Why wouldn't they do it again? They'd be stupid not to. There have been so many things that have gone south in the country since Biden has taken over. Mm -hmm. I mean, we name them all the time. And the fact that there are enough people that are still thinking, yeah, this is probably the way we should go another Another term with Biden, even though people don't want it. I mean, we know that from the polling, yeah. at least. But it, it's pretty powerful when you do have legacy media and a lot of big tech and the left controlling the message and in entertainment and at the universities. So if you're on the right, you're fighting an uphill battle. There's no doubt about that. And I think a lot of us just think if people just open their eyes and turn around and look and see what's going on, common sense would say we can't keep going this way but that's not what happens and i think for any of us that have at least been out of this business for a little while or certainly you know talk to a lot of people that you know have a little bit of time to gather some news a day but you got your life to live you don't yeah. know all of the fine details you i mean it's just noise all the time and you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on and a lot of times you don't because you got to go to three different sources to know what the truth is on any different story. Seems. I'll tell you, man, I keep watching this guy, and the more I watch him, the more I like him. And that's this Vivek Ramaswamy. Yes, he's great. Dude. I I'm, take him in a heartbeat. Every single time I see this guy, I'm impressed more and more. Well, yeah, he destroyed Chuck Todd yesterday. He just he destroys everyone, and he never raises his voice. Never no, he's gets good. upset, just goes at it with facts. Yes. I mean, if Very I'm Ron DeSantis, guy. I announce now, and I pick him to run with me. Well, it's early May. I would imagine DeSantis is going to announce in the next few yeah. weeks, right? Isn't yeah. that the plan? Yeah, I'm I think so. just going to call Ramaswamy and say, hey, man, well, you're not going to get the nomination. Well, there's probably not a love, lot of love lost between those two, man, because Vivek Ramaswamy, I, the one thing I, just, I really have not liked is that he's trying to take credit for stuff that DeSantis has done. And I haven't he been might a fan be, of that. What's the, what's the example? Because I haven't seen that yet. Oh, what was it? Um, it was on Twitter where he said, oh, gosh, I can't remember the specific example now at this point. I should have had it on a flashcard here. Oh, but it's sort of like, keep a hey, lot of stuff it, straight. No he worries. did say that uh, that Ron DeSantis took him word for word with, I think it was maybe the ESG thing. Okay. Hey, you know, he wore a Mickey Mouse T-shirt to a debate. And... <laughs> well, the thing about Trump is, you know, at least the way it looks right now, and win the primary. But I think a lot of us have the fear in the general. There's just too many people that won't vote I for mean, him. I mean, I'll be realistic. I do, too. I mean, I do. That's the biggest concern. I mean, people ask me all the time, well, won't you vote for him? Well, of course I will. Oh, yeah. But yeah, over Joe Biden, but that, absolutely. But that's, that's not who Trump needs to vote for him. Well, we he really, needs the people that bailed yeah. on him before. Really want to win an election. Really bad. Yeah. 
No doubt about it. Okay. You know, we got a problem at the border. It's never gone away. No, we don't. And Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, she's out of her mind because she's got a big problem there. Yeah. uh, Well, she's worried about a couple hundred migrants that showed up in Chicago from the state of Texas, which has been dealing with tens of thousands and actually now millions over the last couple of years of people coming across the border. But apparently Chicago doesn't have the vast resources of Brownsville, Texas. (laughs) Um, She is begging uh, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, to stop sending illegals to her town. She was on CNN this morning and said, hey, this is a Texas problem, not a Chicago one. Come on. Oh, that's what's getting lost in what the governor is doing is the fact that these are human beings in any other emergency. You would be coordinating. You'd be collaborating. You'd be talking about specifically what the needs of the people are. So if we don't you as mayor of Chicago, look around your city and you're talking about treating people as human beings. This is freaking rich, man. So if we don't put the humanity of these migrants front and center, I understand, and I'm solely compassionate to the fact that the borders are themselves really overrun, but you don't solve that problem by simply sticking people on buses to a city that they didn't ask to come to for an uncertain future, and now where we are literally full. So what are you saying? Hey, where do you want to go? People that have come here illegally, where do you want to go? Because we want to accommodate you. What do you mean? For most people, they're just happy to be in the United States because the welcoming mat has been put out by the Biden administration. I think at that point, it's, you know, well, it's Chicago. Yeah, if I were coming here illegally and I was like, oh, really? Dang it. (laughs) Wasn't Colorado? Mm. Can you pick somewhere else? Well, they send them to nice places. Can I take door number two? They send them to nice places, and the people in the nice places don't want them to stay. That's true. Ask the people on Martha's Vineyard. They've tried this. Yeah. I said, here's some lemon squares. Now get the hell off my island. Lemon squares are delicious. <laughs> They're pretty good. Okay. They're easier to eat on a bus on the way back. <laughs> uh, Paul Stanley has spoken. Paul Stanley of KISS. Yes. Wow, he didn't need to do this. Why did he get no, into this? I, I don't know, but this is pretty interesting. Uh, Paul Stanley said or put out a note that just said, uh, my thoughts on what I'm seeing. And he starts wading into the trans culture war thing. Says there is a big difference between teaching acceptance and normalizing and even encouraging participation in a lifestyle that confuses young children into questioning their sexual identification as though some sort of game or as though some sort of game and then parents in some cases allow it. There are individuals who as adults may decide reassignment is their needed choice, but turning this into a game or parents normalizing it as some sort of natural alternative or believing that because a little boy likes to play dress up in his sister's clothes or a girl and her brothers, we should lead them steps further down a path that's far from the innocence of what they are doing. With many children who have no real sense of sexuality or sexual experiences caught up in the quote-unquote fun of using pronouns and saying what they identify as, some adults mistakenly confuse teaching acceptance with normalizing and encouraging a situation that has been a struggle for those truly affected and have turned it into a sad and dangerous fad. Everything he said is true. Mm-hmm. Spot on, Paul Stanley. Of you see that, that angry, bitter, lonely old man, Keith Olbermann? Yes. Responded. It's yes, not a game, you bleep. What you do is a game. What they face internally and now externally due to stupid, panicky fascists like you externally. 
is an excruciating ordeal. And Paul Stanley's like, I don't even know who you are, lady. <laughs> Did he really say that? No. Oh, no. I was going to say, that would have been good, though. I'd, I'd suggest Paul say that. Uh, Just leave it. Don't even bother with Keith Olbermann. The best part is the dude that wrote Love Gun, Lick It Up, and yeah. Uh, All Night. Is talking common sense yeah. about the trans issue. Thank you. Well, he knows I what about a, rise to it. I'll say, unlike some Supreme Court justices, Paul Stanley knows what a woman is. Yes, he does. No doubt about it. You ever heard the story about his 501 jeans? Now that was an old concert rap. For another time, <laughs> we got to move on to other things. Yeah, he had the his legend, concert rap, legendary are concert, hilarious. Raps. They, they're so good. I don't know if they're intentionally hilarious, but they're hilarious. It's very parody, but it's really funny. But I would tell you this, man. The Paul Stanley book is awesome. And I don't agree with him on a lot of different things, but it's a fascinating story that he tells. It really is. Um, other stuff out there. Oh, my gosh. Did anyone see all this stuff about the trans issue? So many different stories. Sometimes I'm like, can we move on to something else? Um, real quick, the lesbian dating app has banned lesbians. Did you see this? What? Yes. I saw it over the weekend. That basically it's a lesbian dating app. Okay. But if you're transphobic at all, like you're a feminist lesbian that wants to protect women's sports, get out of here. Really? You're not welcome. What do you think of that? So it's not enough to be a lesbian to go on the site and be a member. You also have to believe what we believe or you're out of the club. Wow. Yes. That's the dating app, Her. Just H-E-R. Yes. I guess it's been around for like 10 years. Had you heard of it before? Never. I'm not really prone to go on lesbian dating (laughs) apps. I had to ask, man. You understand. But I will say this. We have something in common. Oh, boy. Here we go. Well, we do. We love women, right? (laughs) No. I mean, hashtag yeah. ally. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> there you go, David. So you're sort of like a turf. I guess I am. Yes. Yeah. Trans exclusionary radical feminist. That's what they're saying. You people need to get off of the her app. You're no longer welcome. Mass insanity all over the place. Um, another story out there. Nearly three quarters of Americans blame the media for dividing the nation. Yeah. People are smarter than what they're given credit for a lot of the time. What's the story with that, David? Uh, it's an AP poll uh, that they just published. Um, I think Scott had referenced it a little while ago. But, yeah, the, the significant stat that I saw was uh, that, in fact, three-quarters of Americans believe that the media is actually fueling tensions uh, within American politics. Yeah. They're saying news media is increasingly or increasing political polarization in this country. Just under half say they have little to no trust in the media's ability to report the news fairly and accurately. And it's funny, the write-up from the Associated Press reacting to this is saying, well, it's because there are conspiracy theorists online that are spreading misinformation and making us look bad. And it's like, no, 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 no. Look inward, my friend. Because what is happening is people are waking up to the fact that mainstream media actually does lie to people on purpose, repeatedly. They do. I think the more that we can spread that message out there and here's what to look for, the better. The easiest, the 
simplest uh, example of this, and I know I go back to it all the time, is the horse whipping at the border. How many mainstream media outlets claimed that there were Border Patrol agents on horseback whipping Haitian migrants at the border? And they the, the it reached such a fever pitch that the Biden administration came out and said this was horrific. It reminded us of slavery, and we are not yes. going to tolerate it. The Border Patrol officials did nothing wrong. They were cleared of criminal wrongdoing. They didn't do anything wrong, yet they were still punished because media decided that narratives were more important than the truth. Absolutely. I mean, there's, a, there's a number of examples, but that is a great one. No doubt about that. All right, much more to get to. Um, well, we got another news update. Bud Light is in the news. Not for the right reasons, as you would imagine, but it's like, where is this going to take us next? Because they're trying to do some makeup now. Is it going to work? That and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Oh, it's a news update. You see Hunter Biden appeared in the Arkansas court today, that hearing for the child support case of Uh his four-year-old daughter. Yeah. Well, Well, because he's he's not paying what he owes, and he says that his financial circumstances have changed significantly, so he can't pay what they were previously agreed upon. And uh, you know, he's not turning over any of his tax records to prove it. Aren't you a little surprised that he went forward with this and just didn't settle it? Because they're going to open up the financials now. I am surprised. I mean, I'm a little shocked at that. Joe doesn't come in and say, all right, what do we got to do here? Or Uncle yeah, Jim? Somebody. Uncle Jim, it's Hunter. All right, I owe, I owe her some money. I got, okay, no, I got that four-year-old. Those guys are too busy playing CYA with their own lawyers and accountants right now. Yeah, yeah that's that true. true. Yeah, London Roberts, the mother of four-year-old Navy Joan Roberts, had reached an agreement with Hunter in 2020 regarding the child's paternity and child support payments. Because wasn't the deal first? He's like, not my kid. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, and then she did DNA, and it turns out it was his kid. Yeah. And he hasn't been paying any child support at all. And, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, during the hearing, Hunter's new attorney uh, said that Hunter's paying twenty grand a month to the plaintiff. Uh, I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but that's what it said. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't currently have a job, does he? <laughs> well, he's a, he's a starving artist. That's right. That's right. The artist. He's not starving. He gets 500 grand a painting. <laughs> not bad it's insane and the people that buy it they don't want any sort of political favors in return it's because they are floored by the art by this tortured artist yes unbelievable it is wild man but he's gonna it's almost callous in a way because if you go back in time to think okay the president's son this kid child support payments you're not paying it that's such a black eye Legacy Media is not going to report on that. Imagine if that was Trump's kid. Or, dude, imagine it was one of the Bush girls oh, from dude. the early 2000s. Remember when Sarah Palin's daughter got preggers? Oh, yeah. And it was a big deal, right? Absolutely. And no, and in this case, it's like, what, Hunter? Who cares? It is kind of cool. As people have pointed out, though, this kid is living a unique American experience. Dad's a crackhead, mom's a stripper, and dad is president of the United States grandpa or grandpa i should say
I was going to say, do you know something I don't? <laughs> Holy crap, yeah. it just got crazier. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, when you hear liars lie, it's infuriating. We've already went through Department of Homeland Security. Alejandro Mayorkas. Border secure, not our fault. Congress's fault for what we've seen at the border and the border crisis and all the people here illegally. Then you got Anthony Fauci. Not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. You know, show me one place where I said schools should close <laughs> yeah he gets into these semantic arguments that well yeah. i don't actually have the authority to close anything down no you don't but people were listening to you when you were saying it's inexplicable for a place like texas to be opening back up people were listening you were the to go-to guy. guy and you know that right he knows that um and it's really interesting to me because as he's on the way out um i guess he's already out of his job but still doing sort of the exit interviews on on cable news and in major newspapers um he's simultaneously saying we never really shut anything down but we had to shut the country down when covid started making the rounds this guy wants it both ways all the time this was on cnn okay roll it i don't think anybody who has any realistic evaluation knows that you got to do something dramatic once that's done then the thing that you need to now go back and analyze, I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that you had to shut down, is how long you keep the shutdown and how complete it is. I don't know. Sweden would have that argument, I would guess. Yeah. So would Ron DeSantis. Well, there's a couple. On, on the show, I mean, I remember when it was the two weeks to slow the spread, it was like, okay, and then they're talking about closing down until May. Yes. And I, I still remember it three years ago, coming back after the first weekend when things really shut down and feeling mm-hmm. shell-shocked. And because I had driven around with, at that time, my, what, two- or three-month-old daughter um, just kind of getting out of the house and everything shut down. And I just thought, this is not sustainable. We can't do this. I remember it well. I also remember at the time saying, you know, the leaders have to make decisions not just based on numbers as far as COVID. You're talking about the well-being yeah. of the entire population, and there's a lot of things to take into consideration. What is this going to do to kids if they're out of school for a certain amount of time? Because we were already getting reports, oh, my gosh, all of a sudden, alcoholic dad's home with the kids. This is yeah. not good for the kids. There's the loss of learning. There's not seeing each other. And then wait a second, uh, what is the risk to the kids, at least? And I know maybe they got to stay away from grandma for a while. But trying to figure that out. But the thing was, for even even having those conversations or asking those questions, you were demonized yeah. as a science denier. That was one of the most disgusting things about all of it. Yeah, and You the, couldn't even ask the questions. No. And the same people who were doing the demonizing are now asking for, like, amnesty... And, hey, you know, we were all kind of panicked and worried. And it's like, no, 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 no. I understand. People get panicked. 
And yeah. again, to me, I look back at some of my, my mindset, and I'm embarrassed by it. Like the, the two weeks to slow the spread saying, I guess we'll just do this for a couple weeks and we'll see where things are. Um, not yeah. ever thinking that in some places in the country, two years later, we'd still be talking about keeping kids out of school and whatnot. So I'm embarrassed by that part. Uh, but, you know, I understand that you don't know what's going on, that yes. nobody knows how dangerous this thing is. You get set into the or you get told by these bureaucrats you'd never heard of before. Hey, you know, we're looking out for you. These are the things you got to do. And so next thing I know, I'm, you know, Clorox wiping avocados after going to Walmart, you know. Right. And Well, I think, you know, sure, you can rib your friends about that. I mean, I would say most of us did things you look back and you kind of roll your eyes like, oh, my gosh. You're right, though. None of us knew exactly what was going on. And you can show people grace, especially the people that would say, you know what? I thought I was making the right decision at the time. If I had it to do over again, I would do it different. Because that's what regular people do. They own their mistakes or the way I was thinking at that time. But you could understand it. And you show them grace. But when it's someone like Fauci who knew what was going on, and when there was word that that came out of a lab in Wuhan, and he had scientists that he knew that really thought that because they had looked at all of the research saying, there's no way that came from a wet lab. Not at all. And Fauci, because of his power, could control money and who was going to get grants and who wasn't. And he was far more powerful than any of us imagined. And he used that power to get people to sign off on a letter. I mean, it's almost like the Hunter Biden laptop with all of the CIA and FBI people signing this letter here to Russian disinformation. We didn't know how many people were corrupt in these institutions. They lied. And now we know they lied, but they go out on legacy news shows and still lie and are not called out about it. Yeah. It drives you crazy. Or now change definitions like we saw uh, Fidel Castro Jr. in Canada. Yes. Justin Trudeau saying, well, we never forced anyone to take this vaccine. No, yeah. you did. Yes, you Come did. On. Yes, you did. Real people know the truth. I, can, I do believe that I for remember, the most part. remember getting gas. And I got out with my mask on, my gloves on, my wet wipe to wipe down the gas pump. Yeah. I think about that now, and I'm like, what an dope. What do you think was going to happen? But I was told, hey, I had a heart attack before, you know. You don't want this. This will kill you. Well, not only that, but early on, it was if you touch something off yeah. of the surface, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, it was all that. You, again, it was like taking your car to somebody where it needs fixing. You know nothing about cars, and you're at their mercy. Well, you know what I really think you need? All new everything. <laughs> uh, right. You don't know. Wiping down the avocados. Yeah. 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 There's something, man. Um, hey, did you see the story? of the middle school student that was sent home for refusing to change his t-shirt yeah shirt said there are only two genders yeah there are only two genders <laughs> so or you can say hey why why do you wear that shirt i don't know maybe he was tired of hearing all the nonsense right i don't know i think you're okay to wear the shirt if you want to apparently not liam morrison seventh grader nichols middle school in middleborough massachusetts taken out of gym class met with school staff who told him people were complaining about the statement on his shirt and made them feel unsafe. Oh. What, somebody Please. sees a T-shirt and then they crawl under a desk? It's just not that. You better bring a specialist in for that kid. That's another yeah. word that has no meaning now. 
Oh, I, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. Anytime if somebody looks at me cross-eyed, I don't feel safe. Yeah. Said, they told me I wasn't in trouble, but it sure felt like I was. I was told that I would need to remove my shirt before I could return to class, which I nicely told them I didn't want to do that. So they called my dad. Thankfully, my dad, supportive of my decisions, came to pick me up. What did my shirt say? Five simple words. There are only two genders. Nothing harmful, nothing threatening, just a statement I believe to be fact. So a little blow up there now. Morrison had he was told, you're targeting a protected class, and that's a disruption to learning. Oh, please. <laughs> I, I'm trying to, wrap, trying to wrap your head around this and, and imagine how exhausting it must be to be woke in the year of 2023. It's like, think about this process. Weens in the girls' locker rooms, loving, okay? <laughs> a shirt is violence. Yes. Also, believe all women, but not at the expense of weens in the girls' locker room. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he said, who is a protected class? Are their feelings more important than my rights? I don't complain when I see pride flags and diversity posters hung throughout the school. You know why? Because, there's, because others have a right to their beliefs just as I do. I was told that the shirt was a disruption to learning. No one got up and stormed out of class. No one burst into tears. <laughs> I'm sure I would have noticed if they had. I experienced disruptions to my learning every day. Kids acting out in class are a disruption, yet nothing's done. Why do the rules apply to one and not another? Dead kid's their worst nightmare. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Says he's learned a lot from the experience. We'll see where it goes. Well, obviously, that's literally Hitler. Of course it is. <laughs> According to the left. It yeah. is. Because they're nuts. Did you see? I happened to see it on the... Yeah, it was on. It was on uh, YouTube feed. It was Aldo from PragerU. He goes to UCLA. And he's got a question for the students there because he wanted to know why it was socially acceptable to be transgender but not transracial. So he goes around to different students. He shows some pictures of Rachel Dolezal. Remember, she was born in the wrong body. Right. She identified as black. And then showed some pictures of Ted Danson in blackface and Sarah Silverman in blackface. And everyone agreed, yes, it's offensive. That shouldn't be done. It was terrible. And then it got time to ask about, well, people in female face. They're like, what? Never heard of that before. What do you mean? This is bullshit to me that you reek benefits for something you're not. Yeah, so there was one dude that said, yeah, that's that's some BS there. You're saying, so you've got, what, the Mulvaney person that's now making all this money pretending to be a woman, and you had uh, Leah Thomas pretending to be a woman, and she wins the NCAA Women's Championship and gets all this money. What do you think of that? And that dude said, I think it's BS. Right? Yep. Makes sense. And so with one particular woman, she said before, with the transracial part, well, listen, it's part of biology. Okay, you're you're not black. Right. But totally changes her argument when it comes to this. Well, I think it's different because gender's on a spectrum. Yeah sort of changing the rules. And so he's just trying to nail people down to understand. Why is it socially acceptable to be transgender, but it's not socially acceptable to be transracial? Um, I think they, I think that's a, like, they're very different things. Um, I think that like, I, I don't know how to phrase this in a way, but I, that I would say like is, I wouldn't say I'm educated enough to um, have the proper definition of like separating the two. Wow. It, it's very rare when you hear cognitive dissonance explode like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful thing to behold. 
I remember asking the question during the Rachel Dolezal stuff. Why can't you pretend to be black then? I was getting emails and letters. You uneducated, knuckle-dragging whatever. You don't understand spectrum. What? No, I want to understand why is it okay for one and not the other. But what about like how Rachel Dolezal, she, she said that she was born in the wrong body, that she really is black. Why is that any different than being born in the wrong body and being a woman or a man? I don't know how to explain it, but I know that it is. <laughs> I feel like people, they have the freedom to do what they want. Is that an endorsement of transracialism? Uh-oh. <laughs> kind of got me, huh? Do you see the hypocrisy? <laughs> just, oh, dang it. Oops. See the hypocrisy here? I do see the hypocrisy, but I don't think the hypocrisy is like, I'm not trying, how do I phrase this? No, Maybe it's like, if I want to be a dragon, I can just be a dragon or something. <laughs> yeah. That's what it comes down to. Why is it socially acceptable for people to identify as a different gender, but it's not socially acceptable for people to identify as a different race? I don't know. That's a great question. I hear a lot of people on this campus today say, that say the black face is wrong, but the woman face is totally acceptable. Why is there a double standard for race and gender? Dad, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, well said. You can see it. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I just want it to go away. So the girl has a belief, but she doesn't want to explain it. And I don't mm. know. Just leave me alone. Facts are hurtful. They make me cry. Mm -hmm. Where's the desk I can crawl under? I remember, I remember pulling over a car saying I was a cop, and I went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like one. Uh, just, I, I should probably do a show warning right now. Mount Van Camp may erupt in a second oh, with a study. Right. Uh, it's a story about BLM. Uh, this was happening during the riots. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. We don't want no more police. Is that clear? Yeah, I remember that. It's BLM, yeah. no more police. Crystal clear. Yes. They got their wish in a lot of places, and it was a freaking disaster. Well, yeah, obviously Continues it's to a be. disaster. Yeah. Do you have a story from the Summer of Love? Yeah. 2020, a University of Virginia student named Morgan Bettinger was accused of threatening to run over a bunch of BLM protesters. She was sanctioned by the university, had her career and life completely derailed. Uh, she had allegedly driven into the crowd and said the protesters would make good speed bumps. Ooh, the mob man. decided to harass her. She called the cops. They harassed her more. They're calling her a Karen. They're screaming all sorts of expletives at her, all that stuff. It goes viral. Except part of that story never happened. In fact, it was the part, well, that, that made it a viral story that she claimed that these Black Lives Matter protesters would be good speed bumps. She did come across the mob while driving, but there's no evidence to support that she was harassing them. In fact, it looks like it was the other way around. In fact, also, the same university that punished her did two separate investigations and could not find any evidence that she had yelled anything like that to the crowd. So someone in the crowd just made it up. Yes, and yeah. then it went viral. Cow. The uh, person who made the accusation, Zayana Bryant, got positive write-ups as a change agent in national media outlets. She's oh got a good gosh. career as a professional activist now uh, as part of Charlottesville Beyond Policing. The, the, okay. the story was written up in uh, Reason.com, and apparently there's another article out there that says that uh, Bryant 
the woman who made the accusations, admitted that, ah, yeah, I don't know if I really heard that. I may have misheard that. Are you kidding me? So you completely made up, fabricated a story, ruined a young woman's life. All for fame and glory and for some, what, communist uh, uh, end result that you want? Do they apologize to the person? No. And, in fact, Charlottesville, beyond policing, is stepping up to the plate to defend uh, Zion Bryant now, uh, saying that these are just right-wing media attacks. Did it happen or not? You know, that, right. That's the question. Did it happen or did it not happen? And when the accuser is actually saying, well, it might not have happened, and there's no video evidence in the era of cell phones. Right. Come on. If she were yelling that, we would have seen the video. You need to apologize. And it was what? The stupid Washington Post? Yeah. That had this story? You need to write a story how this has happened, how it ruined this person's life. And we would encourage all of these employers to give her a chance because she's been done wrong. That's what should happen. I remember saying at the time, and I know it was controversial, blah, blah, blah. If it is your daughter, if it's your wife, if it's your girlfriend, your sister, whoever, that comes across a mob and they start beating on your car, what should you do? You should probably try to get out of there best you can. Yeah. You don't want to hurt anybody, but you lay on the horn like, here's the warning. I'm going to start speeding up and I'm going to get out of there. What else are you going to do? Just let people pound you? And pull you out of the car? Uh, apparently, that's what the left wants. I know. Just take the beating. It's insane. Because you deserve it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, David, you warned that you might get angry at that. I think we all yeah, get that, angry at that, that. That's a very upsetting story. <sighs> it is. Another upsetting so story is that the outgoing Chicago mayor is now saying, well, saying, I guess, yet again, uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, is ruining Chicago by sending a couple hundred migrants up here. Even you know though, what he said? What? I got 99 problems, but uh, <laughs> ain't one. <laughs> But Chicago, anyone? Nope. At least in my mind, that's what he no, said. To me, it's like, man, you got to start pumping on the gas, man. You got to start sending more. But, Just, yeah. I like I like the way she claims it sullies the reputation of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it was like Mayberry before. Now it's chaotic. Oh, yeah. We still got the Bud Light update to get to. And the Robbins Trifecta straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, First Republic Bank. Collapse. Yeah. J.P. Morgan. Here to swoop it up. Okay. Yeah, there you go. You know, Think I, anybody's going to get fired? Think anybody's going to lose a ton of money? Well, n- none of the important people, no. Money is, never, usually. N- money is never lost. It just falls down and other people, you know, pick it up. Stuff it into wheelbarrows and whatnot. It's probably oversimplistic thinking to think that, well, innocent people that had their money there might lose their money, Mm -hmm. but the important people won't. But after you've seen that a number of times, it's hard not to be cynical like that. Well, it's true. I mean, there are never any consequences, really, for for the big guys at the top. You know, with all these smaller regional bank failures that we've seen, what happens? Well. Major institutions like J.P. Morgan get a little bit more to add to the portfolio for pennies on the dollar. But the Fed's going to get bald. Yeah. And Janet Yellen's going to say, it, it's not a bailout. Not a bailout. It's a bail up. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> is, the Fed, is the Fed reactionary all the time? 
Do they ever look at that ahead of time and go, hey, hey, we got a problem here? You got to slow your roll here, First Republic. I didn't understand at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't have an intelligent answer to your question, Scott. Apologize. Well, give me a dumb one then. A dumb question or a dumb answer? A dumb answer. No, they don't, right? I mean, they don't. Listen, man, I'm sorry, but I remember buying into some of Big O's BS back in 08 that with that whole meltdown. Yeah. People were going to go to jail. They were going to be held responsible. <laughs> he said it. People are going to go to jail. No one went to jail. Right. And then no one called him out on it. No. And in fact, it was so maddening. And in fact, here we are a little more than a decade later, and the Biden administration is actively trying to create another mortgage crisis. Yeah, with the whole housing thing. Yeah, yes. by, yeah. by again, with this mortgage rule where good credit uh, uh, home buyers with the 20% down payment will be paying more in fees to subsidize high-risk uh, loan recipients. Yes. So again, the big players will never get hurt by this. It's the middle class that gets nailed. Uh, by all of this, and honestly, the people who stand to benefit from it, the people who are going to be able to buy these homes now, uh, that they're, they're they're getting this assistance through the government, through Uncle Joe, uh, they're going to hurt, too, because there's a good chance they're not going to be able to afford it. I know. You know what? And I suppose before I hear from my buddies, a couple of them, yeah, I've already apologized from, you know, the 08 thing when you said the guy's not going to send anybody to jail. I said, I think he's legit, man. I think he means it when he says it. <laughs> Dumb, naive, stupid Markley. Anyway. I like that, though. You got a bank failure. Millions, billions of dollars, perhaps, involved. And Chewbacca, guy's in jail for strolling through the White House. Yeah. Yes. And has been for You know, you know what year. else I notice? When you're just talking about regular people. Most of us in the United States, when you get something wrong like that and your buddies call it out and you say, you got me, I was 100 percent wrong on that. Mm -hmm. I'll learn from it. Most people, it seems they actually do that. Not in media or the political class. No. It doesn't ever happen to say, yep, I got that wrong. Yep. I never actually but. said they would go to jail. I said they should go to jail. No, he <laughs> said people were going I, to go to jail. I know that's what he said. I was there, too. I remember. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And there were different things, uh, you know, when you were talking about a slippery slope, Scott, that you said, and I said, that ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you were right. I've said you were right, man. I was totally wrong. Good for you. Yeah. By the way, this Bud Light thing, it's not going away. I know I've said that like eight times. You think, okay, at some point this is going to end, right? Well, I don't know if you noticed it. I didn't watch a whole lot of the draft over the weekend, mm -hmm. the NFL draft. But apparently the Bud Light commercial that was rolling through a lot of it was a new ad. And, well, it looks like, like a country music fest or a rodeo and it starts to rain. You got a couple ladies there and some dudes, and you got um, Zach Brown playing, and it's... Uh, I don't think I've seen this one yet. You hadn't seen it? Uh -uh. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, it's starting to rain. That's all right. No problem. We got Bud Lights. It's good. So, obviously, you're trying to tell a particular audience... Yeah. Hey, hey, we're with you. Okay? All good. The backlash social media. 
Holy smokes, man. I can't read all of it. It's brutal. Well, until you come out and you apologize and you just That's say, right. you know what? We screwed up. That's right. Then By partnering with Dylan Mulvaney, yeah. a trans activist, we're sorry, but they're not going to do that. They can't. Nope. So that all of it's going to ring hollow. Yeah. So you don't just get to play one of the most American songs of my time, have a couple cowgirls run around in the rain and assume you fix everything. Don't patronize us. We're not dumb. We may be a little buzzed, but we're not dumb. <laughs> that was one of my favorite responses to that. <laughs> well, they've got the other one with the Clydesdales, too, now. Yeah. And the American the flags. The patriotic, all, that, all that one yeah. ticks people off even oh, yeah. more. Yeah. I like the people that say, big deal. This well, This doesn't hurt anyone. Why are you guys so upset about it or whatever i'm not upset about it as much as i'm like hey their money they can do what they want but they're going to lose market share over it so somebody does care about it well, a lot of people care about it i think early on a uh, couple people had asked me about that i remember joe rogan said i don't understand what's the big deal there were different people i'm like some people care about their own market share yeah other people care about the future and care about kids right now and the messages the kids have to try to make sense of as they're growing up and they're being confused on purpose. So when you see a company add to that, yeah, there are a lot of people that say enough. We're not doing this anymore. For what gain? For what end? I mean, it's just well, as their marketing person yeah, said, it's the old fratty boy image. It's yeah. the, you know, well, you got away from old that. geezers like you, Scott. We well, need to broaden the market. Old geezers like me got choices and we got <laughs> money. And the thing is, and brought this point up, not not to disparage any particular beer brand, but, I mean, there's not a world of difference between Miller Lite and Bud Light. I know for some people that may be blasphemous, but basically my point is that if you're planning to backyard barbecue, it's not a huge sacrifice to switch brands. You're right about that. So that's I mean, it. It's pretty easy, quote-unquote, boycott. I mean... When I was drinking, I had two favorite kinds of beer, and you knew this, Scott. Mm-hmm. Cold and free. That, yeah, that's exactly right. Me too. Yeah. You you don't care if it's Miller Lite? Hell no! Hand me a can. No. Yeah. I mean, there's others that I would prefer, but free sure. kind of tops it all. Right. But you're at a barbecue and you say, "Hey, man, can I can I get a Bud Light? Uh, all I've got is Michelob Ultra. I don't That'll care. Do. Whatever. That'll that's work. Fine. Go, go, go. I mean, at some point, if it's like I got Buckhorn, well, <laughs> how I drunk are you I already? I got the beast. Yeah, <laughs> that's how healthy your digestive system is. There is that part too. Mm-hmm. All right, Robbins, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's go. Okay, I'd save the worst quote of that Bud Light thing. It is brutal. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you mean you want to hear it? Well, of course I yeah. do. You oh. can't say that and not give it to me. No. All right. Just saw your chicken fried commercial. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy. That's what it says at the end. And now that you're woke, hard to swallow. Trying to get the Zima and wine cooler crowd to drink your Clydesdale mm, looks <laughs> like it backfired. <laughs> wow. That's straight fire Ooh, right there, man. buddy. All right, let's get to the trifecta. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins trifecta helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good weekend? Good. Didn't see you. Invited you over. You didn't show. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Talk number, about it never does. Number three, uh, Alex Murdoch's prison love letters. That's all God, I got from you. This is so weird. 
I mean, I guess you should have seen this coming, maybe. The guy convicted Convicted of, killer. Yeah. Of his wife and child. Alex Murdoch is getting, quote now, a deluge of prison love letters. Including from one admirer who says she's been told she looks just like Jessica Biel. Spoiler alert, she does not look just like Jessica Biel. <laughs> Fox News <laughs> obtained 86 pages of emails and letters that have been sent to Murdoch. Murdoch. Murtaugh. Okay, every time I see his name, I'm, I'm like, do I, how do I, am I pronouncing this right? Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Since he was sentenced on March the 3rd, two terms, by the way, of life. However, the convictions have not dampened the romantic interest in him. I was compared to Jessica Biel. What a compliment. She's so athletic and fit. That was Katie. She wrote that the... Uh, 54-year-old inmate added, uh, I look like a beauty queen contestant, and mm -hmm. I love you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I bet you do. Okay. Yep. There is, there is. I mean, it makes sense here. I mean, why he's getting so many love letters. Why is that? Now dude? that in so many places, lonely kindergarten teachers can't talk to kids about their sexual fetishes. They're seeking attention from murderers. <laughs> well, David, wow. Oh, straight fire. Straight fire. Wow, man. I can't and stop that. We need to continues. move on. Yeah. Yeah. Casey wants to move it along. Two. No, number two, Paul Stanley from KISS randomly put out a statement over the weekend saying that the whole uh, trans thing with kids is crazy, and now you're telling me D. Snyder from Twisted Sister is weighing in. Yeah, I mean, Paul, in his letter, Paul Stanley of KISS uh, said that uh, this is a fad. He said it can really actually hurt those who do struggle. He also pointed out that this has become some sort of game with parents allowing their children to do this. And, of course, the blowback was immediate. Mm -hmm. D. Snyder weighed in. The Snyder of Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it. That guy, right? Yeah. He said, you know what? There was a time where I felt pretty, too. Glad my parents didn't jump to any rash conclusions. Well said, Paul. Because he was into the whole dressing up stuff a long time ago. The gender bending sort of thing, right? I didn't know what his take would be because a couple of weeks ago, didn't he say something like, I'm thinking about bringing my drag back because everybody's freaking out about drag. Yeah. I was I, like, D, do you understand what's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, D. Snyder, I think we can say friend of show. I can't tell you how many times. Oh, well, gosh. Interviewed D. Snyder over the years. He was in our building for a week, hanging oh, around. Right. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it, when he said that, I'm like, D, dude, couldn't disagree more. But now he's backing Paul Stanley. Yeah, he's like, hey, man, I uh, want, you know, I dressed like that too. I, said, my dad said to me, I don't like it, but it's just a fad and let it go at that. And it was. Well, I, I think when you get into yes. the territory of surgery and drugs and stuff like that, it changes the game for a lot of people when they pay attention to it. Well, do, there's I, a David, I agree too. with you. When mean, you use the word genital mutilation, which is exactly what's happening, but when you say that, that's pretty harsh. Well, you can call it misguided. Call it what you want. But for an era of rock and roll, there, you know, long hair, earrings, uh, depending on the band makeup, it could be all those things. But that wasn't because they were confused about their sexuality. No. That was just part of the fashion. And it freaked out old people. Right. I mean, Which you was wanted part to of the be deal anyway, a right? parent's worst enemy to get 
your kid to buy the record. That's that right. was the whole deal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Casey knows you better than anybody. You counted down, Casey. You were there. Yes. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins, trifecta top three of the day up to number one. Number one, high schoolers beat the hell out of an assistant principal in suburban Houston, man. This yeah. is a what? crazy story. It is. Students at a public high school in Texas, as David mentioned, allegedly formed a mob and attacked an assistant principal, leading her to a hospital room with head injuries. Three or four kids jumped on her, just pummeled her to the ground, and then started kicking her and pulling her hair. This is at Westfield High School, Spring, Texas. She loves those kids. She is the nicest person. And she's the best administration we have here in the high school. Okay, you don't want anybody to get beat up. You're talking about a woman getting beat up. By a group of thug kids, yeah, in school. Kids, are you talking about are girls, boys, both? What are we talking I'm about? I'm thinking both. It doesn't specifically say here. The assistant principal, who has not yet been identified, was reportedly attacked by those group. They're ninth graders, by the way. Uh, Westfield High, as David said, 25 miles north of Houston right now. David, you're familiar with this neck of the woods, I'm sure. Well, if it doesn't mention anything other than kids, that's a tell when we're talking about media. I thought the same thing right away. Yes. The family of the assistant principal said the woman was rushed to the hospital following the attack and was left unable to speak at the moment. The father of the victim said the family's unsure how long she'll be in the hospital. My gosh. And noted she is suffering from a serious head wound. It breaks my heart. The Spring Independent School District released a statement last week confirming a Stafford Westfield had, in fact, been transported to the hospital, but said that there had been multiple students at school and they're handling it internally and that school is safe and secure. That doesn't happen in Singapore. Just saying. Thank no, you know it at. doesn't. Public caning. And there you have it. That's maddening, man. It is maddening. No. No. Not in our America. No, it can't happen. That would not be You're done. tolerated. Not at all. All right, we got to get to another news update. And pretty good Monday for Nimrods in the news. Straight ahead right here. Bless you. Dang. Sorry. The Mark the Van Camp and Robin Show. Sinus I'm Jamie Martin. Blown up. That's David Van Camp. Sick Scott Robin. Not sick. Sinus. Yeah, whatever. Springtime, baby. News update, David Van Camp. Jeffrey Hinton, you may not know this guy, but he's a Google engineer, uh, widely considered to be the godfather of artificial intelligence, has now quit his job, basically saying, what have we done? Oh, boy. He said, quote, I console myself with the normal excuse. If I hadn't done it, somebody else would have. It is hard to see how you can pre- prevent the bad actors from using it for bad things. We have no idea how bad things are going to get. Oh, man. <laughs> so no matter, just remember this, kids. If you're feeling bad and feeling like you're at the end of your rope, just remember it can and will get worse. Do you see the guy that, that picked the lottery ticket for him that won? Yes. Oh, Chet boy. GPT, yes. we got to get to the When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. Okay, real fast. A couple of idiots in Australia. <laughs> they're getting arrested by cops. No, they're going to run for it. So they decide, best bet jump into this river they don't know it's crocodile infested ah jeez. oh yeah so the cops they don't want them to die so they start shooting at the crocs they don't want to kill the crocs either no 
They were able to get out before the Crocs got them. Lucky for them. Hey, she got a set of fangs on her what? Yeah, they were huge. But now they're arrested for a multiple, multiple charges. Kind of want to see the Crocs have there. That's Nimrod's in the news.